And welcome. I'm going to try to be a little bit more formulaic, but uh, welcome to another Dumb Podcast. I'm Brad. Uh, for some of y'all who are going to be kind of new to the show, because Bob's uh, supposedly going to tweet this out, so we'll see. But uh, I, this was maybe a, I don't want to, maybe I should have bigger dreams, I'm not sure. But this was a dream come true, to have this conversation with Bob, and where we I could have had Bob on to talk Cowboys or talk whatever I wanted to, um, but I was truly proud of, of the, the conversation that me and Bob had. Uh, it, it got into, you know, his adoption of his child, uh, the new transition from three to seven um, in the hard line, and then then we went hard in on uh, kind of a politics thing, and uh, and it was not controversial. We never yelled at each other once. We never, and we, I kind of actually pushed back and disagreed and, and we still had just a very amicable, uh, conversation. And I was so grateful for that. Um, but, uh, I, I just can't, I can't thank Bob enough. I'm actually, I don't want to say I'm tearing up, but I, uh, I just, I really can't thank him enough for, for coming on. He didn't have to, uh, he he kind of had a uh, I would say a rough week uh, from everything that's been going on, and I uh, I think this is probably one of the best things I've ever done is to just have this conversation with Bob. Uh, I I asked him beforehand. He uh, he was asking him, how much time do you want. I said if you you can give me thirty, I'll be good. Uh, if you give me ten, I'll take it because you know Bob's a, Bob's a very busy guy, and I, I didn't want to take up any more of his time than uh than I was you know I, I just didn't want to be greedy because I was just so happy to have Bob on if I had 10 minutes I'll, I'll fire out these questions and he probably wouldn't allow me to get one because he's so long-winded <laughs> but uh and I said if you give me an hour it's even per you know it's even you know it's perfect give me an hour because I, I had things that I you know I had a long list I actually probably didn't get to everything that I wanted to talk about but I still got through a lot of what I wanted to talk about. And we ended up doing an hour and a half. And I know a lot of people will go, oh, an hour and a half of Bob? And uh, I would like to look back and see, has Bob ever done an interview that that lasted an hour and a half? Um, but it was a just such a great, respectful conversation, uh, you know, talked about religion. And it's, it's just such an amazing amazing man and i uh i'm lucky enough that he uh he decided to come on this dumb podcast and i i'm internally grateful to bob so here we go here is the one and the only bob Sturm. joy and follow uh i should probably say this but <laughs> follow me at i am brad c uh obviously follow bob at, at uh sports uh sports Sturm. And, uh, yeah, and follow Another Dumb Podcast. Leave a review if you like this podcast. You know, and uh, if you, you're listening for just Bob's term, I just had I just had Mark follow on last week. Um, and then before that, I had Sam Gannon, the lovely Sam Gannon. And if you go all the way back, I had an incredible interview with, with the one and the only Grego. So if you're listening for Bob's term, you're going to enjoy this. And then when you're done with that, Go in the other archives because uh, I've actually had the privilege to 
have some incredible conversations with, uh, I would like to call them heroes, but, uh, very guys that I admired or I've, uh, you know, listened to on the radio and been like, Oh my God. I'd... So I think this has actually went a lot better than some of the other ones. Cause, uh, I've been quite nervous in most of them. And this one, I, I, uh, I kind of, uh, shook the nerves and was like, let's, let's get this thing going. So without any further ado, here is Bob Sturm. This is the Bob Sturm show. Hey man. Hey Bob. What's up? How's Radio. it going? <laughs> oh, we're good. We're good. Bacon's nice and crispy. I think it's going to be pretty solid in the end, but uh, it's now out of my hands. Are you like an oven or like stovetop? Oh, we did oven today. Okay. We, yeah. we generally do oven, yeah. Okay. My dad does oven, and, you know, they're all right. But I... Uh, yeah, well, I, I I don't get too involved in how we do it. <laughs> I just let her tell me what to do on this front. So. <laughs> Good man. All right, Bob. Well, uh, I first want to talk... Uh, I first wanted to jump off on... Uh, where my fandom came from, and it's not so much your uh, your sports your sports knowledge. Um, I believe it's nine years ago. I can only say this because it was around when I got married. But uh, uh-huh. you were in uh, were you in Honduras or were you in Guatemala for the, uh, the adoption? I went to, okay, I went to both, but the adoption was Honduras. Okay, well, okay, it is kind of confusing. Yeah. Justin is from Honduras. Honduras, but you went to Guatemala. The mission trips were Guatemala. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe I'm I'm confused on it. But No, no, no. No, but uh whenever I whenever you did that and you you went on your mission trips and then you know eventually did the adoption, I was kinda like, Wow. And you did the adoption in a in a very uh I don't want to say a strange time, but you did it right in the middle of football season. Right, and I I remember going, wow, he just just packed up and left, and is going to adopt this <laughs> child in Honduras, and right in the middle of football season, I'm like, okay, so maybe yeah. there's maybe there's more important things out in the world, and I, and whenever you did that, I was kind of like, wow, he's a, um, I'm not trying to like suck up to you, but no. I mean, you, you were very, I, I was like, oh, he's like a very superior being here, <laughs> and just wow. just drop. I'm not, I know you don't be- believe that, but that's just how I, I how I felt about well, it. Good. I, no, I, no, thank thank you. I, I you know, it's just uh, you you can't. You, unfortunately, you, you don't have much say on when papers come in, and then you got to mobilize, I guess. And it, uh, yeah, it's it's way more important than a dumb Cowboys game or three. So. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I absolutely love um, what I've fallen into uh, in life, but uh, but yeah, um, you gotta you gotta make priorities sometimes. So so no, but I appreciate you saying that. Well, well, what I was trying to you know, I, I would actually like to know how that process started and and sure, when, when exactly did you you and Sally decide that you were going to adopt a child from Honduras and and. How well, how far out did um, you have to go? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, um, usually, I think I think husbands and wives uh, throw things out there all the time. Like right. uh, I I I have uh, I've pitched my wife on living in Hawaii several times, and she thinks that's dumb because uh, nobody would ever be able to see us. Our kids would be far away, and so if uh, if I have to if I want to retire by an ocean, I guess uh, Hawaii is off the table. It appears, and. Um, that's a bummer, yeah, but uh, you know those are, those are just the throw it against the wall and see if it sticks conversations that uh, I think married couples probably have, uh, 
you know, and they're bored. And, uh, and, and my wife, my wife would throw out adoption from time to time before we had our biological kids. And, uh, you know, she, I think, uh, you know, I, I guess she just thought the, the premise of, of helping uh, a child in need was, uh, was appealing to her. And, and I probably at the time was too busy thinking about football or something. And, so we, you know, we started having our own biological kids and, and, and we got to two, uh, which was uh, the magic number, mm-hmm. a girl and a boy. And then uh, Bob goes and, and uh, you know, gets his uh, vasectomy <laughs> and, and uh, that, uh, you know, that, that will be that. And, and, and so uh, from there, uh, it just, we, I, I just started, um, uh, talking to, to, you know, and I always call this my life's uh, epiphany, if you will, where you just sort of um, come to come to groups with, uh, um, you know, the idea that something, an idea is in your head. And, uh, you know, those of us who are religious might say, God put an idea in our head. Others might just say, popped in, whatever. Um, but an idea or a thought was in my head that, and I also think a lot of people end up on this road where, it's just kind of there must be more to life than this because this is fine, but it doesn't really feel meaningful or anything like that. And and so that put me on a path of, I guess, looking for something. And um, in this case, uh, it ended up being, you know, at church, talked to some dudes on a mission trip Sunday week. You know, if you ever if you've ever attended a church, you know that usually. Uh, I, I guess it's customary about once a year to, to, to give anybody with a missionary or, uh, you know, an outreach a chance to, like, set up tables in the lobby and appeal to people to maybe contribute or join or, uh, you know, something like that. And, and so uh, that Sunday, I remember kind of looking around and looking at tables for countries all over the world. And you can you can go on two-week trips to Kenya or, you know, a 10-day trip to Russia I just didn't have that kind of time. And so uh, one table was for Guatemala, and uh, the appeal there was it's a four-and-a-half-day trip. You leave on Wednesday night after the show, and you're back Sunday morning before kickoff. And I thought, okay, well, <laughs> where I'm, only, I'm only talking about taking two days off work. I bet you I can get that by. And so they said, well, listen, if you go, it will change your life. And I always tell people that uh, that was not an overstatement. It absolutely did change my life. I, I needed to leave the cocoon of, uh, you know, affluent America and uh, find out what poverty really means. And I'm, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a bit of a minefield. If you, if you uh, try to say someone's poverty is, is, is better than others. But I, I do think if you ever, um, meet people who literally live in a junkyard, then you will see that there are different levels of poverty. It's all about um, perspective. And, 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 <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and 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 if you, you know, if you visit a third world country and if you uh, find out uh, what the living conditions are for most, and if you, you know, you just see it opens your eyes to a great big world out there, and that's why I honestly think travel is so important for people to just leave your your reality and find out that what you see every day is just not what the world sees. And, 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 um, so anyway, went on a mission trip, uh, visited orphanages, uh, brought shoes, played sports, bought pizza, you know, hung out, had a great time. 
and then we'd go back the next year and then the next year. And then uh, we went to every six months. And then one time we said, Hey, let's bring our wives. And, you know, it's a group of like six of us men uh, from up here in the Coppell Louisville area. And uh, we brought our wives and naturally um, wives in orphanages. Yeah. Uh, that's... <laughs> that definitely put two and two together yeah. that, uh, you know, in some cases, maybe, maybe we could do more. Uh, maybe bringing shoes uh, for four days every six months isn't isn't quite what we are capable of. Maybe we're capable of much, much more. And uh, for our particular family, I think we were the only family in the group that came to this conclusion. But for our particular family, we said, you know what, let's uh, let's adopt because, um, you know, there's there's a lot of people that adopt because they can't. Um, have biological children of their own, and that's totally fine. But uh, but we kind of uh, were led to do it just because we've been blessed with so much, and uh, it just seemed obvious that uh, that uh, changing somebody's life and making them part of our family would would be um, an unreal um, experience for us, and and kind of honestly a spiritual reflection of of of, uh, of of what the bible is you know if, if, if uh you know if you believe in salvation then that's kind of an adoption and and so um you know it, it so so it, it was it was definitely bigger than um you know tony romo or uh or what we do I, you know it, but but you know my career opened all these doors for me and so as I was looking for a bigger meaning or a more important calling, um, I'm always comparing myself, I guess, to my brother, who is a army chaplain and a full-time preacher. And, and that's not me. I'm not a preacher. I, uh, I, I don't know. It just it's, it's not my cup of tea at all. I, I really love what I do, and, and I don't have any regrets about that. But I did wonder you know, was I making much of a difference, uh, in my part of the world? And, and, and honestly through that experience, not only, um, adding a awesome kid to our family, but also all the people that have come up to me at different times since then and said, Hey, um, you got my, me and my wife to think about, you know, international adoption or just domestic adoption or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and, and if, if half of those stories are true, um, then, that, then amazing. I guess, I, I guess that's what it's all about, then, you know? Yeah. I think that's amazing. And again, uh, most that do the adoptions have already, or have, are kind of, I don't want to say barren, that's the wrong word, but you know, not able to have their own children and, right. you know, do that. And I was like, thinking to myself, I'm going, well, I have two children right now and it, it's pretty darn, it's, it's pretty hard. And yeah. for you to go, hey guys, guess what? We're gonna add one more, and um, I mean, he's gonna be from. It's not even from the United States. He's from an entirely different country. Uh-huh. He uh, did he? I guess he took a while to learn how to speak English here. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't know where to do English. In, in fact, yeah. his Spanish was not great either. <laughs> okay, well, school, yeah. So, okay, yeah. So, so he he was he was four and uh, and 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 obviously uneducated okay, four. Uh, okay. and, and had lived in lived in four or five different places, including a, a giant orphanage, and and so he, you know, he he is a he's the sweetest kid I know. I swear to you. Um, a lot of people who adopt uh, uh, inherit real real massive issues and and um um we have 
the the kid with the biggest heart um and, and obviously you know you're not shopping uh in fact uh, my wife no. and i told the adoption people that you know we we are going to say yes to the first child you present to us and uh we're willing to um you know we're willing to take on whatever that means and uh and and then just leave it in, in your hands and god's hands and and and, and so uh, Justin, who in fact is, uh, having his 14th birthday today. Oh my God. Fact, I was just crazy. doing the math and I was like, Oh my God, he's like a teenager. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. He's, he's, he's got braces. His voice is changing. It's uh, kind of <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he, he turns 14 today and, uh, well, happy and, birthday, uh, Justin. That's awesome. That's, no, that's, that's no, incredible. No doubt. And, 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 uh, he, yeah, he's, he's an incredible kid and, uh, we're, we're, uh, blessed to have him and, um, you know, he's the first, uh, I believe he's the first U.S. adoption from Honduras. Uh, at least that's that's how uh, Buckner wrote it up. So I don't know if Buckner meant through them or if they just meant period. But I do know uh, Honduras uh, international adoptions to the U.S. are, are a very new thing. Okay, we were, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were, I think, the first family to do it, maybe in the States. Uh, so, so, so I guess he's... Uh, you know, he's uh, a bit of a history maker from from that uh, odd, you know, statistic, I suppose. Yeah, wow, that's just that's just incredible, Bob. And I, I and that's, I mean, obviously, again, I was a huge, uh, you know, you're one of the guys uh, on Twitter who I have a Twitter argument, and I'll throw your tweet at somebody and go, look, this. I mean, <laughs> but it's it's not always it's it's not always about sports, and it's not. So you can be great at sports and be a horrible person. And I'll be like, well, I kind of feel conflicted with th- with this one. I was like, you know, Bob's great at sports and he's also well, a great person. So, I, well, th- no, thank you for that. But I, I will say this. Um, I argue for a living. And, uh, and, and honestly, I, I do often wonder about how active I am on Twitter because I realize um, there's no better way to – um, give someone the impression that you're an unpleasant human than disagreeing with them. And, and, and obviously if you look at my Twitter feed, I disagree for a living because I, you know, honestly in football or in sports and heck now I'm finding in society, yeah. there's no shortage, there's no shortage of opinions and there's no shortage of, you know, things you feel like you should stand up for. And whether that's Dak Prescott or, or whether that's, uh, you know, um, you know, social injustice or, or anything in between. Um, when you disagree, you make uh, a lot of people mad, and and honestly, that's not a real Christian thing to do, probably. Mm, so, yeah. I so, mean, so, I, so I, yeah. you know, I'm a little conflicted that I disagree for a living. <laughs> are you disagreeing? Uh, are you disagreeing with me that I think you're a good person? That's amazing. Well, I, 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 yeah, I, wow. Um, I, I realize I'm extremely, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm extremely flawed and I do wonder if I should, uh, uh, retire from Twitter, but it's, it, it's, it's, it's fun to interact with people too. So I don't know. Yeah. And it, I'm quite conflicted as well because, you know, I'm not, I'm not the most liked person there. So, but I, uh. You know, I don't know if it's healthy. I don't know if social media is healthy for any of us. Yeah, well, (laughs) you've had quite a week, but um, (laughs) I I would I would like to say um, how how is the I guess now I just uh, I was kind of catching up. I've had a kind of a wild week, but uh, I was catching up on 
the hard line in three to seven. And we, yeah. I guess we've decided now it is going to be still the hard line, correct? Am I, did I miss? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, I mean, uh, no, you didn't miss anything. Okay, well, no, Honestly. I was just, I, I was like, okay, are they going, y'all were kind of uh, swaying. I'm like, it, do we agree on it? <laughs> well, it's, well, it's, it's, it's obviously a bit of a uh, process, if I may uh, coin a term yeah. from, uh, from uh, but yeah, when I, when I joined their show, um, I, I, I want to say that it's, um, it was a big deal for a lot of reasons for a lot of people. Um, there were, there were other people that, uh, wanted the gig. There were certainly, um, a lot of people that were sad that Mike left us. And, um, and, and, and frankly, I had mixed emotions about how smart it was to leave a show that was really good. And, friends that I really feel strongly about and, and you know, kind of, kind of start all over again. Um, and, and, and so one of the things there, first of all, was, uh, Cor- Corby and Danny, um, feeling good about who they had to the show. Um, and, uh, I don't know that it was completely their call. Uh, but I also wouldn't have done it if, if, you know, they weren't on board. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I just look, if, if you guys are against uh, me joining that show, then, then I don't really care what management thinks. I think, I think it would be dumb for us to start already on the, on the bad foot that you guys uh, don't believe in this. And so, so one of my thoughts early on was to be um, really respectful of, of their feelings about, you know, the, the two decades they they were on that show the good the the you know whatever i mean if if, if if they so so the biggest element of that is the hard line honestly is mike and greg everybody knows it mm-hmm. and uh and and it was an unbelievable show um that's not to say further machinations of whatever we call the hard line uh, aren't aren't also good uh, but they're not, no one's, they're never going to be the original. And, and, uh, heck, uh, you know, sometimes the hardline, uh, name would fit better with them because, uh, they took great joy and, in, in, uh, you know, in, in being abrasive and, uh, and, and, you know, uh, <laughs> having great conflicts and, and, and that's not everybody's personality. Anyway, I, before I ramble too no, much no, about that, I would just say, one of the early thoughts from Corby and Danny were that uh, they kind of wanted to um, call it something different and kind of start over and uh, kind of break. I think Mike might've even suggested they do it. Uh, You know, just uh, do your own thing and don't try to, you know, do, you know, don't try to be a cover band or anything like that. And I, I, I honestly sat back and my head was spinning over so many things, including just the uh, complete lifestyle change of, um, you know, asking my family to understand I won't be at dinner very much and uh, just all those things. And I just said, yeah, if you, well, listen, if you guys don't want to call it the hard line, if you guys don't want to use the music and you don't want to carry over the benchmarks, then let's not. That's fine. Um, the other option is to let's give it time and let's see how we feel in 90 days or, mm-hmm. or, you know, let's, let's, let's wait a quarter and let's call it something really basic, like three to seven. 
um, let's let's not spend a lot of time and imaging and all that sort of stuff. Because if you if you're part of creating a radio show, you eventually find out that the name has almost nothing to do with mm-hmm. anything important. It's just a name, and and it, you know it's really not that big a deal. Um, but to the people on the outside, especially in this case, the name, the hard line, the tradition, the the uh, uh, the institution, how, whatever you want to say, from 1994 till 2020 is a big deal. And um, so, so we can call it something else, but it seems to me by June, once you get through COVID, once you get through uh, you know unemployment and uh, no uh, no drive time, does it really uh, matter? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Once you once you once you go through a hundred days, you look back at uh, February tenth or even January first when I guess when Mike told those guys he wasn't coming back. Um, we see none of this really matters, yeah. and and uh, everyone's dealing with other things. And so so basically, I, I pitched it about uh, three weeks ago. I just said, hey, I'm you know, I kind of think if you guys are comfortable, we should just keep it the hard line and we can change whatever we want. But, you know, a lot of people find comfort in, um, in what we've been doing for so long. And, and, and so I, I want to continue to be respectful. If you guys are just dead set against it, let's not do it. But if you are asking me for, uh, to weigh in now that we've been together this long, um, here's my take. I think we should just keep calling it the hard line and go from there. And, 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 and uh, Corby uh, and Danny, we're, we're both immediately on board and, and, you know, I love some of the stuff they do. Like I had never been part of the trifecta. I think that's great. I, I, <laughs> I, I learned so much about dudes. I knew almost nothing about because, you know, people that die are usually really old. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I, I, even somebody like Pat Dye or Johnny majors and, you know, stuff from when I was young and I just thought, Oh, they're old coaches. I don't care about that. Um, I, so, so I, I learn every day and, and when musicians, so, um, I, I love, I love this experience. I obviously love being uh, noon to three and, uh, and yeah, now we're called the hard line. So well, there was a really simple question. <laughs> Someone just tweeted me and says, I dare you to ask Bob nothing but three minute long questions, but I'm not, <laughs> not going to do that. Bring it on. <laughs> I can. I, I've I've asked and heard longer. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, can't rattle me. Well, what I think of this this new adventure that you're going through, going through, uh, you know, getting with the hard line is, I think it's um, at least I hope it is. I mean, um, I'm not saying that you were ever, um, not invigorated, but maybe this invigorates you more. You're like, whoa, this is a challenge. This is something new. And now yeah. we've got some. It's something you're you're growing now. Whereas what you had with with Dan was just a well oiled machine, and everything was just you. You could just pop in. The, I'm not saying that you did, but I'm just saying you could pop in there and just oh, everything be no, no. so solid. I'll say I did. Okay. Okay. Let me disagree with. Uh, uh, there we go. With, uh, and 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 blow the whistle on myself and just say, yeah, uh, I absolutely. Um, was able to autopilot the radio show for, for, for several years. And I, I don't think it was perceivable because my version of autopilot is still working my tail off. 
But uh, there's no question after 5,000 shows, you really don't have to prepare at the same rate. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I did, did I work less? No. I just uh, funneled my work to probably my other avenues like The Athletic and Fox. And uh, now it all helps the show because it's all NFL. And, and uh, even this morning, I'm working on the AFC East before you called on uh, all the ins and outs for each team in the AFC East. I mean, that's just my life. Yeah. And uh, I and I love it. And it's uh, and it's just what I do. And so, you know, that's another thing on Twitter that, you know, some people don't understand or don't care about, which is, you know, we both have opinions about football and I'm, I'm just trying to explain to them. I totally get it, but I'm literally working on this stuff 60 hours a week, even in the off season. And, and therefore hopefully uh, you can appreciate, I have a different opinion. That's, that's, uh, you know, coming from a, an awful lot of work. It's, you know, it's the old thing where if you walked into uh, a kitchen at a restaurant and, and, and said, uh, here's how I do burgers at home. I think, I think the chef would probably think you're insane. Yeah. Um, but, but look, that's, uh, <laughs> that, that's neither here nor there, but, but Dan and Corby are very similar in, in many ways. Um, and, and so are, that's, what's so great about this place is, you don't get to the ticket and you don't last at the ticket unless you are extremely talented. And, and that's, you know, sometimes lost on, I think part of the audience because there is a part of the audience that loves us. And part of loving us is being super critical of just about everything they hear. And that's, that's life. I mean, we do it with the Cowboys and, and, you know, or the Mavericks and we love those teams. And, and yet all you hear us do is criticize them. So we get it that's uh, the society we live in. But it was really interesting leaving Dan and joining Corby from the standpoint of uh, realizing that if, if a bunch of talented guys are super dedicated to the craft and, and, and humble enough to want to uh, make something work, it, it it's going to work if it's these guys, um, be, you know, you could put George and, and Dan together. You could put Craig and I together, yeah, you yeah. Could put Corby and Donovan together. I mean, you could, you could mix it up, I think any way you want, and you would still have some pretty good shows because everyone is really obsessed with what we do. And also, um, really obsessed with keeping the ticket um, going for as long as it possibly can, because we all, you know, we all have uh, the symbol tattooed on our heart. Uh, you know, this this place has been so good to us, and and the listeners have been so good to us, and the city's been so so. So anyway, long story longer. I would say the thing about going to three to seven that was weird was trying to replace like the biggest personality <laughs> in Dallas radio history, maybe, you know, I mean, Mike yeah. Reiner is a freaking legend and obviously I'm not capable of replacing him. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to create a show where um, it's, you know, it's different, but it's the same. It's uh, not trying to be Mike because no one can, but trying to be yourself in a, in an elevated spot. And then the, the real mind screw of it all was realizing how, how many people were hearing me for the very first time. I had no idea, man. I thought if I work from 1998 
until 2020 at a place, even if it's noon to three, every, everybody's going to be familiar with me. So the audience <laughs> will know what I'm all about. Yeah. Then I got there and it was shocking how many people now, probably not the majority, but enough to kind of shock me that people still knew me as like the hockey guy from Wisconsin or one of those Yankees that's on middays. And there were so many people that never listened to the station before drive time, because I guess they're, they're going to work. And I, I was going to tell they, you, I was going to tell you, I was um, years ago when I, I mean, I was, it's, it's kind of a bit of a roller coaster for my listenership, I guess. But um, yeah. there was a time where, um, you know, you'd work during the day and right. uh, there, I, I would work actually like really early in the morning and we would get off at three and sometimes we would have longer drives and we'd get done at three. So we would start at uh, uh, Why Today Doesn't Suck. And so right. I would hear you and Dan, but really I only knew Corby and Reiner. Right. So when I heard this, yeah. I was like, oh, I totally understand this part because I didn't listen to... Right. Uh, 12 to 3 and i was like eh, you know I, I know of bob but i don't really know bob and then, yeah and, <laughs> so and th- honestly, that's that's what the the I, I can relate to those people yeah and the perception is completely painted by what those <laughs> other shows say about you guys uh, so so i guess i guess they thought just uh Dan and i would just argue about it more on dog all day from noon to three and they were like yeah you know because abusers goofing on us the hardline goofing on us and it's it's all fun but if that's all you ever heard about us is you would think dan is a complete moron <laughs> who doesn't know anything about anything and bob is uh this this uh this argumentative know-it-all which is i guess they're founded in truth on some level but you know it's it was really interesting so so there's a there's a Texas pride element to our audience, of course, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they want to know that Mike was raised in Oak Cliff and this carpetbaggers, you know, I, I don't know that that's a huge part of their audience, but it's out there. And, 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 you know, there's a native Texan thing and, uh, and, uh, this guy is a uh, Packer guy or something, you know, so, so there, you know, look, our audience is very diverse and, uh, and, and, and very, um, loyal though. And I love that. And their loyalty was to Mike and Greg and then to Mike and Corby. And, and so I have to, I have to earn that back and I hope I ultimately will. And I think we're on a good path. I, it's weird because there's, there's, uh, I, everyone got a kick out of me pointing out that there's actually the occasional good thing about racism in sports. <laughs> and I, you know, and, and so that, that got, that got clipped out of context, but I, but I actually do think there are some positives to it, uh, including the fact that those who are not racist usually win because they are willing to, uh, you know, welcome in better players. Well, I would also say in this case, there is a good thing about uh, COVID-19 and the shutdown is that if you are starting a new radio show right before it, uh, you can actually get about two or three months of, uh, of reps in before the massive part of your audience returns. And you, maybe you've worked out quite a few of the kinks. Uh, so when sports comes back and sports fans are looking for sports radio, which, you know, that's a part of our pie. Uh, I think the P1s have been with us all the way through the spring, and I love that. But the the sports fan of Dallas, who is also 
doing a million other things in their life. And, and if there's no sports, they don't feel the need for sports radio. I mean, that makes sense. They're going to come back and, and hopefully they'll, they'll hear a show that sounds like it had a full training camp. Uh, and, and Corby and I have definitely had that. And, uh, and I, I feel like the show is way better already than it was in February. And I think in February was pretty good. So, yeah, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very happy with where we're at and, and I hope uh, a big part of the audience is too. Uh, I'm never going to be Mike Corby's never going to be Greg, but, uh, but I, I do think um, we got a, we got a good show going and it's only going to get better. Yeah. I mean, well, uh <laughs> funny i'm having uh, back-to-back weeks of, of great guests i actually had follow all on last week but uh um, oh, cool. yeah see i'm not just you know well it uh i, I made it an <laughs> i made an analogy of uh of wrestling uh where um he was talking about how everyone kind of in the station uh kind of will you know george will go on y'all show when i'm like from noon to three and you know yeah give you some like uh I'm going to give you some clout, I guess. But, uh, you know, sure. everyone's putting each other over. And I think that's what's really great about that station is everyone, are, you know, is pumping each other up and, and putting each other over. And I think that's what makes it quite strong. Where Yeah, I, I think you can try to fake that. But yes. I think yeah. I think over the course of time, people can sniff out if it's real or fake. If the bosses are making us like each other or if we're really just a bunch of uh, friends and, and obviously I, I, uh, I was the new guy. And, and, and so uh, if those guys, and, and I put Mike uh, near the top of the list, if, if, if Mike and George and Craig and, 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 and all those guys uh, weren't receptive to me in my early years, um, I, you know, maybe Rocco happens again or something like that. Um, so they were super great to me. And now uh, I feel responsible with the, the guys that came after me, like Jake and Donovan, to uh, to pass it forward. And it's not hard because they're great dudes. And and so every you know I believe in uh, locker room culture. I believe uh, that it, uh, you know you set the tone, and then people who come into the locker room realize this is how it works here. Yeah, and, yeah, that's, uh, that's it, even a better analogy. <laughs> like, yeah, it is, yeah, and it's yeah. and it's 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 not like that everywhere. In fact, I promise it's not like that even at the other stations yeah. that try to do what we do in this town. You know, and because because it's natural to worry about yourself yes. first and foremost, and 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 uh, uh, the ticket has this team thing that's been here forever, and and so yeah, you're still worried about yourself. You still have mouths to feed, but uh, you learn immediately that you're you're on the team and uh that that comes with some responsibility well it's it's again going into business for yourself instead of helping the other guys out and then you don't realize how how stronger it makes your station so i think it's yeah. it's pretty pretty damn important and i think that's what's uh contributed to the success of the station so yeah yeah i think so too and i also think that's had a huge amount of reason why Dan and I uh, at the end didn't have the guts to go anywhere else is because we knew we would never be able to recreate that. And that to us was valuable and, 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 and worth thinking about, uh, you know, when you're looking at just dollar signs and uh, you realize, well, I have a lot more money, but I won't, I won't be part of a team. I won't, reap Mm. the benefits of a strong lineup all day. Uh, It will be up to us to sort of pull everyone else along. And, you know, it just, it it seemed dumb to leave a team this strong. 
I, I was just about to say uh, I didn't even remember to even talk about this, but I was actually there that uh, uh, that uh, summer bash that year. Oh, okay. I was there. Yeah. And I oh, didn't. Okay. I had no idea um, what was <laughs> what was transpiring that day. Uh, but yeah. I, I, but I guess I woke up that next morning going, "What the hell's going on?" And then uh, that whole sure. weekend was tr- kind of a weird, weird one, probably mostly for you. But um, I'll never forget it. In fact, I think I'm sitting in the same chair of uh, many of those traumatic moments that weekend out here on my back patio. And um, I, I don't like to go back there uh, very often, but. Uh, but it also, I mean, it's one of those forks in the road in your life where, um, where you realize, um, that, uh, that, uh, you got to get this decision right and, uh, don't always take the bigger check and, uh, and, and then make decisions for the right reasons. Um, you know, so I learned a lot that day, learned a ton. Yeah. And, uh, so you still, you know, I, mean, I, 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 I guess no, no, no ragorettes. I mean, you don't have, I mean, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 I mean, no. I, you know, I, there, look, um, yeah, uh, there are times where over, you you feel like your bosses are challenging you, right. and uh, doggone it, I'm not going to take it anymore, and I'm going to show them. And uh, you know, it's funny. Um, you can you can even be a Christian who uh, believes in the Bible and looks there for wisdom, but but so often, I actually think about like Empire Strikes Back and Yoda telling stuff to Luke about anger and. Uh, <laughs> That's not in the Bible, but uh, Yoda's, Yoda's teachings are uh, very meaningful to me in conflicts like that, where you realize that uh, there, you know, your emotions can can make you uh, make decisions you'll always regret, and if you can't control, um, you know, the ego um, when when the bosses are challenging you, like they're calling your bluff. Okay, now. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to prove to them that you aren't bluffing, and in doing so, maybe step on a landmine for the next ten years for your family, or do you want to humble yourself and uh, run up the white flag temporarily, and knowing that you're going to let them win, but in doing so, you're making the right decision for the next two decades, and who cares? And and you know that's that's the thing you always try to teach your kids, right? Um, the long-term effects of decisions are way more important than how you're going to feel when you hang up the phone on somebody and feel like you won. Because in three days, that high is going to be long gone, and now you got to live with it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah and, for and, sure. And that, these these are life lessons that Master Yoda tried to teach us. Well, I actually asked. Uh, I was at uh, Ticketstock this last year, and they were doing the uh, the Q and A or whatever that was. And uh, yeah, I was actually wildly annoyed by the other uh, questions being asked. It was it was a lot of it was a lot of bits, and I'm like, okay, y'all have these guys. I mean, we, <laughs> our phones have been taken away. Like, let's get right. it, let's get into something. And I had that question to Dan, and he he told me the entire story. Um, and I was I was kind of like. I, I I felt like I knew a little bit of it, but I didn't know. A lot. There was a lot I didn't know about it, so it was kind of yeah. it was kind of shocking. I was kind of like, oh, I, I don't know if I. Uh, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I was I was like, I don't know if I respect them more or less after that because they did, yeah. they, they took that deal, but also they were they had they had the wherewithal to be like, 
yeah, we're not going to be able to replicate this in another station. And maybe they could, maybe you could, maybe you couldn't. But mm, I doubt it. Yeah, you, you uh, doubt I, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Odds were uh, very unlikely that you can, uh, you know, I mean, heck, how many times do we see in sports that somebody gets hired because they built a dynasty? So they get hired in the next place and they're never going to be able to make that again. Everybody knows it, but, uh, but, uh, you know, the second place act surprised that they couldn't, you know, he couldn't uh, rebuild, you know, this, this thing that required a ton of luck and a ton of, uh, help from other people. Um, but you know what, Dan and I going through that together and going through all that we've gone through together, I, I don't think there's any way that there would be any other person, uh, that, that can approach the friendship Dan and I will always have. And that's, you know, that's, that's some of the things that get reported or speculated about it, you know, and are Bob and Dan mad at each other? Um, heck, I remember the time when, when that whole fan thing came along, it was re- actually reported, I think in like two, uh, publications, uh, if, uh, if they were actually publishing anything, <laughs> uh, was that, you know, the ticket matched the fans on for, you know, oh, well, that's, and, that's why I was shocked. I, I did read that. So I was, so like, it's, oh, okay. uh, it's insane. The ticket gave us a pay cut. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Okay. For some people who don't know, uh, Bob and Dan, so those, Bob and Dan, yeah. uh, rejected the offer from the fan and came back to the ticket and then they were like, well, we're going to give you this. And I'm like, eh, that's lower, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, the, 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 the fan uh, was, was, was definitely going to, uh, you know, help pay for our kids college in a big way. And, uh, the ticket offered us a pay cut. And uh, we took it. Now we don't want—we didn't need that advertised uh, eight years ago because who cares? But uh, but at the time it was pretty funny that the ticket was actually getting credit for stepping <laughs> up and keeping their guys. And, uh, and uh, uh, the big the big bosses were laughing at us because they knew uh, that it was just about us not having the guts to uh, cross the street on them and sit out. And of course, sit out for six months, which is also part of the <sighs> yeah, industry that's... where where uh, they can they can make you not. Uh, not make a living for six months somehow, which doesn't seem legal, but amazingly it is. Uh, that's that's just some old timey things where they. Oh, it definitely. Oh, it it's definitely so old timey where uh, they like. Are, well, no one's gonna remember you in six months, and I'm like, come well, on, yeah. yeah. And, 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 well, there there are parts of the country where they're like, dude, that is illegal, and you can win that in court. Oh, you're in Texas. Nah, you yeah. probably can't win that in court. <laughs> just gonna have to sit this one out, bud. All right. Well, all yeah. right. How much more time you got, Bob? I'm sorry. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what time it is. So, uh, so, well, we've got 42. So can we just hit that hour and we'd be good? Sure. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, Bob. Um, no worries. Uh, okay. I was gonna look at my notes here. I got a few sure. here. Um, how many jobs do you have right now? Three. I'm down from five. Um, down from five. Yeah, I had okay, where five. were we at five? Okay, so 2016 stars, and 2017, I, guess, yeah. I had five. I had the stars. I did FC Dallas games. Um, about 20 a year, so that's not totally a job, except on the weeks you have games, and then it's a lot of work. Um, and then I had these three. Um, well, I guess the athletic was actually the morning news at that time. So, um, I would write about the Cowboys year round. I would uh, do the ticket show. Um, I would, um, uh, start Troy hired me in 2016 
and uh, then the Stars hired me in 2015, and uh, FC Dallas hired me like in 2003. So, so it was a you know once the Troy stuff started, then I you know I definitely felt that I was now officially out of free time, and it actually <laughs> sort of. Exp- uh, so, so it actually sort of explains my, my golf. Uh, and, and I, I even see occasionally people will say how I've changed, uh, you know, and they, it's look, Ugh, hate I, that. Mo- most of the people that take runs at me, um, it comes back to, you know, if you're, if you're psychotic enough to care why someone hates you, who you've never met then you can just usually go through like their social media feed and within about three scrolls, you can find, okay, well, this person really is against uh, like my opinion about uh, an important topic of the day. Um, Obviously this week I can definitely assume in most cases it's politics. Um, Other weeks it's clearly this person doesn't think Dak is good or, uh, you know, whatever. So I get, I'm smart enough now. I've, I've had enough people really say mean things about me and sometimes even my family uh, to understand how it usually works. And that's very helpful, by the way, uh, because if you've never been in the public eye and somebody irrationally hates you and just says ugly things about you, it can really screw you up mentally. Um, so, so there's an education process about that that's actually quite helpful. So anyway, um, not to divert from no, the topic no, too much, but, but, but one of the things used against me is uh, that I clearly now have a golf addiction um, <laughs> because, because I guess that makes me a rich person. You're not golfing and, this morning. Uh, and I'm not golfing this morning. I don't yeah. golf on Saturdays because uh, I, I detest five hour rounds. Um, so I like to golf when nobody else is, uh, right. which is, which is, which you is held hard up to do, on Saturdays. Gotta, yeah. Yes. Uh, you gotta, you gotta figure out how to do it. And I will assure anybody, uh, yes, I have uh, certainly been blessed with three, uh, very, you know, solid paying jobs. And, um, so I probably would have to admit affluency, but I would also say I'm a massive golf cheapskate. So don't think for a second that I'm spending like more than $30 a round. So if so, you think okay, a guy okay. playing, if you think a guy playing golf makes him rich, then you should see where I play. Um, okay. I was going to ask that. I was like, are, you haven't joined like a, a highfalutin, uh, you know, golf club or anything, or, you know, uh, I play a grapevine m- municipal and, yeah, uh, I, and, 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 and that is a... one of the best, value courses in the in the metroplex and i think you can play easily for 30 bucks uh now if you want to play saturday morning maybe it's 50 i don't know oh, yeah. but uh but uh but i don't play saturday morning because i don't like people uh on the golf course i like empty golf courses so i can play in two hours and listen to the users and and be back home before 9 30 in the morning which uh is another psychotic thing anyway that has to do with my jobs brad because um i I'm obsessive compulsive enough to like um, record things such as uh, uh, body weight, for instance. I, I could tell you what I weighed probably every month for the last 20 years. Uh, it's, it's dumb. It's vain, but I can do it. Uh, I can tell you about uh, a number of things, including uh, how many rounds of golf I've played per year. And uh, when I had five jobs, the number got down to single digits. 
Um, and not that I ever played much before that, but I realized I really, really love this and I really have the resources to do it, but, but I don't have any time. And my friend, Dan, who, uh, who we had the exact same contract uh, for, for the entire time we worked at the ticket, I mean, right down to the penny, uh, Dan has, uh, lots of time for, you know, non-radio things in his life. Uh, he's, he chooses to coach softball. He chooses to, you know, chop wood or whatever he does. Uh, but he has lots of time. So why have I taken on four jobs that I don't need? Um, and, and Dan would always say, because you're Bob and he's probably right. So, so anyway, that, uh, when Troy hired me, it was uh, quite a surprise. Um, and, and, uh, at the time it wasn't for much money. But within two years of uh, of making his research dreams come true, he had Fox hire me, and and I got a massive raise uh, from from very very little to uh, to you know if if somebody wanted to just you know live on that, um, it's it would probably be possible because Fox has great resources. And um, at that time, once once that happened financially, uh, because I I you know what I actually said to him. I have to quit because uh, the stars pay me, uh, you know, much, much more than, than, than I make uh, with you. And please don't take offense, but both of them take up a ton of my time. And, uh, and I just have to choose the one that helps uh, my daughter get her college tuition faster. And um, he, you know, <laughs> he's Troy, so he can do anything he wants. And uh, he said, well, what, you know, what do the stars pay you? So I said, okay, well, here's what they pay me. And uh, he said, well, what if I just get Fox to pay you that? Would you, uh, would you, you know, uh, not do hockey and keep doing what I need you to do in football season? I'm like, dude, you can do that. He's like, let me try. And he did. I'm trading. He did. Yeah, he's trading. <laughs> I, I, I probably, should, I probably shouldn't underestimate him. But yeah, he, uh, he actually got me a raise off what the Dallas Stars were paying me. And the stars, you know, were great to me, but, uh, it was, you know, I had to get home, change into a suit and drive downtown as fast as I could and spend the next six hours in a suit all night for 82 hockey games. And, yeah. and so that, that's not easy with three kids and a wife as well. So, uh, everything I do for Troy, I can do at my kitchen table or in my office and I'm home and, uh, and, and now all of those funds were replaced. So I told my wife, uh, if I keep doing this for Aikman, and uh, and I keep uh, writing for the morning news and then the athletic. Uh, I will get out of the live sports game, um, you know, un- unless something crazy comes along, like uh, you know, if the stars wanted me to do play by play, and that almost happened once upon a time or twice upon a time, yeah. but uh, it didn't happen. And so, so now I am merely three job guy, but they're all NFL, and uh, and therefore my life all makes more sense and I have free time. And the reason I brought up golf was um, that was going to be uh, kind of my, my schedule free time thing so that I stopped working 80 hours a week would be every Thursday, no matter what I'm going to play golf in the morning is what I said to myself back then. And so um, now I, you know, I'm probably more than it but i wanted to get to like one round per week for a year and see if i could actually learn this dumb game and uh yeah uh 
believe it or not, playing golf actually makes you better at golf. And uh, you can find me every Thursday and, and probably now every Monday, uh, you know, puttering around at the crack of dawn at a golf course. So, so that's, that was how I actually had to schedule free time and get down from five jobs to three. But at no point do I ever feel like I have any regrets about what I do. I mean, I love what I do. So I, I, you know, when people hear three jobs or five jobs, they're like, you're a psychopath. And, and in reality, (laughs) there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing more fun to me than realizing I'm changing because Winnipeg and the stars are about to go tonight. You know, I love that stuff. So I, I love helping Troy get ready for Eagles Cowboys. I love uh, the stars. Heck I would enjoy when, you know, the LA galaxy were in town for the FC Dallas, because this, this is the toy department of life and I'm very lucky. So, um, you know, hashtag blessed Brad. (laughs) for sure. For sure, Bob. Well, um, (laughs) again, I wanted to say, um, I see that you're how close, where, what were your scores this week? You said you're trying to break 80. Yeah, uh, this was this week uh, eighty four, and uh, we regressed to a ninety. We had a we had a yeah. rough morning at a course at a course I had never played before, which was actually great, great fun. Uh, Rockwood in Fort Worth. It's uh, oh and also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, well, uh, I, I am a Fort Worth guy, so I, value. I, I, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm a Fort Worth guy, so that's uh, that's kind of. But the uh, the funny part is the green fees have have just um, some spots it's it's um, kind of stayed steady, but I remember yeah. probably last year in the fall I was able to get on a golf course for twelve dollars over here and uh, and yeah I know um, but I would have to go at like eleven o'clock and it would be really hot but i was like well yeah I still get to pay for, play for eleven dollar or twelve dollars that's crazy no but, you know what. It's such a great sport, man. It really uh, is. It's, I wish I got it, to it play makes, more, but yeah. Yeah, and 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 I tried. Um, I tried. Uh, a, 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 you know, this is gonna sound funny. I did try a cheap country club because uh, country clubs aren't doing well in this economy. So you can actually find uh, a couple that have like a zero initiation fee, and then you just pay the monthly dues, and the monthly dues were at least worth me seeing if I would like it. But the one I joined was one that's every hole has uh, 20 houses on it. And (laughs) that just didn't feel like you were out in the country with animals. And that's why I love grapevine is 27 holes. You'll never see a house, but you will see deer and snakes and birds and, and rabbits and everything. And so if you're out there like I am and you're playing usually completely by yourself and you might have the musers on the speaker, but other, but uh, you might not. And you're just listening to the birds and uh, the breeze and it's not that hot and it's uh, the dew and uh, it's just, it, yeah. it does feel like you're checking out from life and it's uh, wonderful. Well, uh, and, and top of that, um, you know, my, my dad had retired and uh, he started getting into golf and then, I go, hey, can I go golfing with you? And then it's kind of started a little bit of a uh, a bonding thing that we were doing. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, so there there are some some other pluses to it. Um, okay, getting uh, we're about to end here. I'm going to end on the okay. the most controversial. But um, uh, this week, everyone really went in on you, and uh, I'm not sure exactly that was fair. And I was also, um 
wow, Bob, do you really want to get into this? It was in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know if you really want to jump into this field because I, I will say, um, I might get into a 30 minute, uh, a three minute, uh, long question here, but, uh, I, I, my fandom was quite big in sports. And then I kind of took a, uh, a left turn. I want to say left, but, um, into, you know what, um, I'll, I'll keep in, I'll keep touch into sports, but what I really want to do is get in more into, um, I like to call it, I don't like to call it politics. I actually like to call it philosophy and Uh getting into what's moral, what's, what's right. And what's, you know, and some of it's, it's not so much like policy or like this guy's bad and this, this guy's good. It's more or less, what is the right thing to do? in society and, and, and doing those type of things. It's so it's, I hate to call it politics because I don't feel like I, I really get into politics per se. It's just more or less what you think is the right thing to do in the world. And you went in really, um, I didn't, uh, it started, I want to say like last Saturday or Friday. I can't remember which day you were, you had, you had your friend who was in the police. He, yeah, he, gave you some um yeah that was sunday yeah yeah it gave you some info and everyone kind of went oh, hard yeah. on you on that side i'm like well bob here we go and um yeah uh i would like to say i, I don't really have too many opinions on I, I do have opinions on everything that's going on but i don't feel like that's really important um the only thing i could say is um about it being so much it's you say that it's it's politics i don't i don't find it to be politics and i understood what you were saying this week and actually found it to be uh um like as far as quote-unquote politics i don't feel like you and me are actually really in line which is fine it's not so much a big deal it's not um you know and it's not a, a huge deal but i did like the way you were saying that you know whatever your religion is or whatever you believed in, it's not, um, it really doesn't allow you to, okay, I'm, I'm now into this party or I'm now, I have to affiliate with myself with this side. Yeah. I feel like that was pretty, uh, um, I can't think of the word right now, but I, I feel like that was pretty spot on on that. But I, and what I'm trying to get to is though, whenever you get into these realms, um, I would like to compare it to uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, Joe Rogan, uh, I believe, since he was a young child, was actually into uh, martial arts. And mm-hmm. he knows... Uh, I know there are people that know martial arts more than Joe Rogan, but if you could put a bar of expert, you would put Joe Rogan as the bar for someone that knows what they're talking about when it comes to martial arts and MMA. Yeah. And then you have someone like uh, Stephen A. Smith who comes in and he will spout off, well, you know, he gave up. And Joe Rogan's sitting there going, "Uh, you just jumped in here and I've been doing this for well over 40 years and you just kind of jump in. So uh, I'm not I'm not saying that um, what you did was bad because I don't think it was. But um it's it's such a minefield going into oh, these yeah, into yeah. these things, and I go, um, and again, I'm saying I'm not agreeing with you, but I also 
I'm not disagreeing with you, if that makes sense. Well, okay. Yeah. So, so, so let, let me, uh, let me, uh, try a long to... question. That was good enough for me. Yeah. Ah, you did great. <laughs> um, no, I look, first of all, I want to, to say that I, I don't regret, um, boldness, uh, but it was probably the most boldness I've ever exhibited uh, on the ticket because I've been very mindful from the day I got hired here that I do have a religious background, but I wasn't hired for that. And I think it's generally annoying when people, um, you know, try to push a personal agenda for a job that didn't want it, you know, um, at the same time, I've also grown over the years that I don't like to be painted with the brush of the guy who went to Liberty because if all you hear is a guy went to Liberty, you have so many thoughts about him before you've ever heard him open his mouth. And, you know, honestly, that's what we yes, deal with yeah. as a society is that, oh, you're a Republican. Oh, you're a black man. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. I've already put you in this box. And, I just think that's so freaking unhealthy for all of us as humans is to, I, you know, I know it takes a lot of time to meet people and to judge them on the, you know, the content of their character and not the color of their skin or, or however you want to say it, but I'm not that guy. And I refuse to uh, join others who are, you know, and, and so that can, that to me and you know this week has been odd for sure because i feel like i'm often an advocate for the police uh, because i come from a family with seriously double digit police officers in my family uh i can be at a cookout and there will actually be 10 there uh now that would require perfect attendance but that's a crazy number (laughs) for most families yeah yeah uh but but i also come from a background where I'm the only person in my household who doesn't have brown eyes, and uh, and you know I'm I'm uh, you know I'm definitely uh, as white as they get, but uh, but but my family is incredibly multicultural, and, uh, and 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 we really have a heart for the Spanish-speaking community, and uh, and, and and obviously um, I've had a lifelong. Um, empathy for the African American community, just uh, you know, whether it was me getting into sports early, or me uh, learning about Chuck D when I was fourteen, or just whatever. Just the the plight of America was really interesting to me. Why are inner cities like they are? And, and, and so I'm not an expert, but it, but it is a field of interest. And so, with all that in mind, I have never. Uh, been political on the air before these last 10 days. And I would argue I'm not actually being very political now. Exactly. That's um, what I kind of was getting to. Yeah. But I don't think you've... I'm, yeah, but I'm, I'm being, I'm speaking for me and I'm challenging others like me to try to break the cycle of putting everyone else in a box and, and, and feeling like, the meaning of life is screaming at the people on the other side on why can't they ever do anything right? And why can't they fix what's broken? And why, you know, why is it always their fault? I just think that's counterproductive. And so as I've gotten older 
And as I've seen a little bit of the world, and as I've tried to ask myself tough questions about what I believe, why I believe it, how I was raised, um, how much of that I think is healthy, how much of that I think is unhealthy, you know, just all those internal questions as somebody goes from 20 years old to 50 years old, I guess, um, I'm, I've arrived at this thing where my politics, I want to be in line with the message of Jesus. That's all. Jesus is love. Um, Jesus very clearly, um, had a heart for the poor, had a heart for orphans, had a heart for widows, had a heart for, uh, the cultures that were not as popular as the others. Um, he taught a message of love. He taught a message of forgiveness. He taught uh, a message of empathy and compassion. Nowhere in there did anyone hear the term white guilt. No one in there, nowhere in there did I use the term uh, snowflake or, you know, uh, SJW or any of this stuff. Uh, uh, I, I just think those are all terms that, uh, that are inflammatory, insulting, and, uh, and, and used to basically minimize the message out there. And so I realize as somebody who, A, believes strongly in Jesus, puts me on one side of the aisle. But B, someone who thinks Jesus's message has been overrun by uh, other things that religion seems to value more, like winning, um, like uh, like Supreme Court justices, like uh, one issue voting over abortion, like all these things. I feel like a lot of these things do at times cloud what Jesus was all about, not that you know, someone asked me this week, well, what do you think Jesus thinks about abortion? Oh, I know what he thinks about abortion. But I also know that he taught that uh, sin is sin. And uh, and therefore, to to hold that one up as the be-all, end-all, and to um, kind of uh, then uh, allow 10 other very important issues to Jesus slide by in the name of this one, I think that's probably missing the boat at times as well. So, so I realize I then, when I say these things that I'm saying to you right now, I have now probably alienated both sides of the aisle because <laughs> the side of the aisle that kind of agrees with me is very uncomfortable with using Jesus as your motivation yeah. <laughs> because uh, the, because the Jesus people they know uh, are usually screaming at them uh, from the other side of the aisle. So, so I am uh, perhaps a man without a political party. Yeah. And a man uh, who has both sides uh, at times uh, upset with me. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. That's fine. I feel like I have to answer to him. And I feel like if I'm going to say I want him to govern my path and help me make my decisions, including uh, how I want my kids to see the world, if the worst thing I ever did is to teach my kids to try to love everybody and try to help anybody who needs help. And yes, that might mean we have to consider the idea of universal health care for everybody that's in poverty. And it might mean we don't think it's cool to separate parents from babies at the border just because they did not uh, get approved for immigration. You know, we, you know, or the person right down our, our, our street who, uh, we are more than happy uh, if we can get them to uh, install our bathroom linoleum at a cheaper price. But we uh, we also know that uh, they might not be legal, and uh, that you know so so they're forced. Uh, we you know we might have to uh, 
uh, send them back. And, you know, so, so all these very complicated things that I think get complicated when we decide that uh, our faith is actually our politics. So my challenge to everyone this week, and I realize it was difficult and it probably did not help my popularity and it probably did not help my <laughs> trying uh, to build that radio, trying to know, build that three to seven. Radio. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, at the same time, I think you did. Um, yeah. At the same time, I'm, I, I can sleep. I uh, feel good about uh, using your platform to try to challenge people to say, what if, we try a different route, uh, especially if people that uh, that are uh, Bible believers. What if we actually apply the true message of Jesus as opposed to the true message of people that claim they love Jesus, and now they're going to um, use that prop to uh, try to beat somebody else at the game of politics? So it's it's not really a political message. It's it's a life view that I have. And, uh, I realize, um, uh, I realize it, it wasn't a popular one and it may be nonsensical to many, and, but that's okay. It's uh, it's mine. And, uh, I, I promise I'm not going to be doing this every week and that might be the only week it ever happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I realize, but I realize, I realize that people who were offended on both sides may hold that against me forever. That's okay. Um, and so, so I guess, I guess that's where we are. And I, I, I really hope we can get back to sports really soon um, because it's exhausting and I don't, I don't like upsetting people. Um, but uh, you know, in the words of Bono, did I bug you? I didn't mean to bug you, you know, it's just, uh, but it's important. And sometimes, sometimes we got to, you know, sometimes we got to uh, leave the toy department and 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 worry about the caliber of our schools and the caliber of our healthcare and the caliber of everything uh, and how it affects non-white people because um, America's been very good to white people. Like, uh, would it kill us to to uh, you know to offer empathy again? Not guilt. You didn't do it. That's fine. But what if we uh, we try to um, make sure that everyone's on equal footing moving forward? That's all. Well, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here real soon here. But I I, I just to push back a tiny bit, is, sure, and, sure. and I, but just because I would I would I'm not saying I don't know who my listeners are of any type, but I think they would be like, well, why didn't you push back a little bit on pop there? But uh, to push back is is to go. I don't think either side has i mean i'm not saying that there's not people with malice in their heart but i think because you disagree with someone doesn't necessarily believe doesn't necessarily give it off of that well they're just hateful people and they're awful and they're irredeemable and i don't think i should be able to talk to them well i agree i i, I think there uh there are people who disagree on your um uh on universal health care or or um you know, having maybe an open borders or anything like that. It's not so much not open borders. No, I know. Not I know. I know. I'm, I'm just, but, but also, yeah. but also not making every immigrant into a game. Ex- exactly. Exactly. But I, I feel like there are some people who are, um, it's not so much they have hate in their heart is that they have a different, uh, it's just a different mindset and it doesn't make them a hateful person. And this is where I don't, I don't enjoy 
the the current politics uh, a climate at right now because I've seen other people get um, completely um, kind of lambasted and almost thrown off of the face of the earth going, well, they're just awful people. And, awful. and I'm like, well, I don't fully agree with that person, but there's actually things that I, I agree with with a lot of people. I'm talking about people that, I mean, I just don't even have you could look on the list and I may have like a couple checkpoints of agreement with them. And I still, um, can, okay. I agree with you on that thing. I agree with you. I disagree with you on a whole bunch of things. It doesn't mean that I, I think that you're an awful person, but whenever some people kind of feel attacked and go, okay, you just basically told me, um, I'm not even a worthy human being. And I think right. it almost breeds, I'm not saying it, it, it almost breeds the worst part of it to where. Did so, you, do, do you hear any of that from my message? No, 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 no. Okay. I, I, I'm okay, just, good. no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I, I'm just saying yeah. some people can, uh, I, I apologize. Absolutely. I didn't, I didn't want to, but I, I you can, uh, this is kind of beyond you, Bob, but I, I, I think right. it's uh, some people who will go out, you know, you can have your meshes, Bob, but then there's other ones who are going, well, they believe in this. And uh, I, I I can g- kind of go back to um, uh, a former guest of yours, CJ Nikowski. Mm-hmm. I kind of go with that one where um, I don't really know if I agree with anything with CJ. I don't even know if I really even like him as an announcer, but that's neither here nor there. But he almost got literally people were were calling for his job because he he liked a tweet and and that's it yeah. and yeah. and and maybe he agreed with them or maybe didn't agree with them, but people were ready to throw him off the edge of the cliff and go, "Yeah, I don't want this guy being our announcer and I'm going, well, hold on like right. there's so much more nuanced things out there where oh you're now this side and you're on this side so you're irredeemable i i just don't believe that anybody is truly irredeemable i think there is a level of uh knowledge that needs to be had on each side like you need to know it's it's the it's the debate it's almost the debate theory where you 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 need to know how to debate on that other side to to know where they're coming from Look, people people are angry, man, and there's a mob mentality on on both sides of that uh, fence for sure. Uh, we saw with the Drew Brees thing that uh, that that people on both sides, uh, you know, want to basically lamb based, um, you know, the same dude on one day apart uh, because uh, he joined the other team or whatever, you know, and it's. Uh, it's 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 unhealthy, and CJ, just look at that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, CJ is an interesting thing because I I I think it would be disingenuous to say I consider him a friend because I think a friend at some point probably has to share a meal. But he's been on our show, and uh, I've talked to him off the air about uh, things that don't matter, like baseball, and I've found him to be pleasant. I also think. Um, that yes, uh, he has angered some people and I, I, I think at some point, um, it, it would be great if he could sort of explain, uh, that maybe that's a, I, I don't know. I, I don't know because I was just I, using I, it as an example. I mean, it, it doesn't, yeah, yeah no, I, I know, but even, yeah. uh, even I probably am responsible to say something on that front, but 
uh, again, I, I'm not going to, um, disavow anybody who says they voted for Trump just because they did vote for Trump. I, I would never vote for Donald Trump. I would vote Republican and I have voted Republican. I would never vote for Donald Trump. And I said that in 2016 privately, and now I'll say it in 2020 publicly because I (laughs) don't believe that I don't believe that Jesus I believe in uh, would have anything to do with his message. I just don't. Yeah. And 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 frankly, uh, those who do, and I definitely know many of them intimately because uh, my uh, my parents, my brother, you know. I, so look, I've made family members angry because of that stance, and that's real right now in America. There's a lot of families that are seemingly torn apart over this administration because yeah. they they're Republican families. They have been for generations because uh, they believe that that reflects the views of Jesus overall. But I always say, man, if we're just going to rubber stamp whatever a political party puts out there, then that's the church we're going to. We're not going to the church of Jesus. We're going to the church of the Republican Party. And I just think those are two different things. And it gets very, very dangerous to just hand the steering wheel to people that might be non-believers and uh yes if you uh if you call second corinthians two corinthians and if you're asked to name uh, your favorite bible verse and you don't have an answer then i'm going to question if you're a uh a wolf in sheep's clothing right right um, oh i i, I completely so, so, yeah i completely agree with that but so, I, so it's, it's go ahead. so anyway it's too uh, yeah i i i i i would just want to say this um i try really hard to not be that guy. I try really hard to not um, categorize people and judge people. I also want to be clear here because I've had some people get on me for this and, and not directly, but uh, they'll jump on Reddit or they'll jump on Twitter and say, you know, that Bob suddenly thinks he's speaking for Jesus. No, I really don't. I realize that part of being a human is I might be getting this wrong. I think that's important. That's a very big thing, yeah. Yeah, in the the year 2020, here's what Jesus would think about these 10 hot-button issues. Man, I don't know if I can honestly say that, but I can at least consider the question and at least give you my best guess on what a person who lived his life with compassion for those less fortunate and felt this is important and this is important, and he did not seemingly get too terribly involved and in politics. Now he had thoughts about rendering unto Caesar that which is Caesar. You know, the, look, the Bible is not a hard book to get a hold of. Uh, if people really want to know what he thinks about things and apply them, uh, his message about uh, poor, his message about being judgmental, you know, there's, there's a lot in there. And I realize a big part of my audience doesn't even believe he existed or doesn't even believe, uh, you know, he uh, had any sort of deity to him. And to that part of the audience, Please bear with me because I wasn't really talking to you this week and I will go back into my sports cage very, very soon. But I was talking to fellow Christians who I think think a certain way because they've been programmed to think a certain way. And my only message to them is not that I am running for office, not that I have all the right answers, but please, please, please don't forget the person we follow is Jesus, not Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. And don't 
conflate the two any further and just give it some personal thought. That's all I wanted to do. And in doing so, I guess I gave legs to Antifa and I guess I, I guess I had someone thinking I wanted to cut funding to the police force, which is ridiculous because uh, again, 10 cops are in my family. I absolutely love what they all represent, but clearly there are problems there as well. There are problems in the black community. There are problems in the police department. There are problems in the white community. There are problems in the Republican party. There are problems in the Democratic party. I'm not here to say anybody is perfect except um, the, 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 the reason for my faith. And beyond that, I will attempt to stick to sports. Yeah. Well, and I, I wanted to just end on this part where, again, I, I can, I'm not really pushing back, but, um, sure. it's, 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 it's as far as, um, you're wondering why. And again, I don't, I, I, I tell you right now, I do not vote in the Republican Party. I don't vote in the Democratic Party. I actually voted for Ron Paul for <laughs> for president during that thing because okay. I literally sure. could. I was like, I'm not pulling for either one. But um, yeah. But if you don't understand why someone has that thought process, then you really need to go dig a little deeper because um, you actually tweeted about. Um, Donald Trump going out there and and holding the Bible, and I can understand that. I'm actually not a truly religious person, but I'm actually uh, have gained a lot more respect for people that are religious because uh, I guess seeing what nihilism can do is actually a lot worse than what any uh, religious person can ever do. But um, he was holding the Bible up, and a lot of people were very offended. And I can actually understand why someone would be very offended, and I think probably you were offended. Um, sure, but the I was. Yeah, and the, I, I know. Um, but the actual um, the, there's a Scott Adams. He actually I don't know if you ever heard of him. He uh, he he writes for uh, um, he did Dilbert. I know I'm I'm some cartoonist, but uh, right. he actually has a fun theory about uh, the two two movies theory, which is basically if someone watches uh, two people watch a movie and two people come up with completely different. Uh, diabolic like uh diametrically opposite opinions of the yep. movie and um some people saw that and they were wildly offended that he was doing this uh basically photo op and um and this is where i think this is actually very important is knowing what the other side is thinking as well and yes where donald trump was actually um so the night before i don't know if he even people knew why he was even doing this but the night before they had actually thrown uh lit a fire into this very famous church which actually abraham yeah. lincoln would actually go across the street and pray in this church it's a very very old church and they tried to burn it down um which i think is just blasphemy it's it's uh sure. it's it's just an awful thing to do and donald trump whether you think I, I I don't really care if he he believes in God or not. I w- I would actually your your assumption that he maybe doesn't even believe in God is is probably warranted. But what he did in that instance, and then just this is just the two movie theory. I believe in what you uh, I I understand way you think about that. But then there was other people who were Catholic who were very religious and saw what those awful people I'm going to say just awful people did they they tried to burn a church down which is awful and he went across the street and held up a bible and says and it, you look like it was a photo op and he was going 
I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. And I think this was awful and I've got your back. And I know that sounds, you're like, what, what the hell are you talking about? Bro? Now, I'm just telling you what yeah. those other people thought sure, and they saw sure. from that moment. And it wasn't so much, Oh, that it, it was just a crazy photo op. Well, no, he was, he was trying to tell people on his side, I've got your back and there is someone here with you. And so I would like some people to to take that into account. Understand why people are burning buildings down and, and, and rioting in the street and protesting. But also realize why some people are going, yeah. this is lawlessness. No, no, no. And I, then, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just wanted to end with that to where... Well, um, no, I th- I, look, I think that's a good example of I probably should sit some tweets out. But I will also say... Yo, no, no, I never pretty, said that. I never said that. I, I think you should. No, but maybe I, yeah. maybe on that, maybe on that one, a little more nuance would have helped. But I would also say, um, it's emotional. This That's is an emotional a, thing to me. This is a many, many, many years thing, uh, including my uh, school. You know, Liberty University, Jerry Falwell Jr. and Trump, uh, and 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 the the importance to his administration. Uh, and his cause and uh, the liberty cause and everything that that um, it's important that we uh, vote uh, for the cause of faith. And uh, usually that does go quickly to abortion. Unfortunately, often it seems to go with uh, with gun rights and things of that nature. And um, and a lot of times it's to find a uh, a man who will uh, install the proper Supreme Court justice. So I, I, I grew up in this world. So I so I, I know yeah. I know how important symbolism is, and I know how important playing the game is. And I just I I, I feel like uh, this particular candidate uh, has has troubled me so much because um, it, it it does feel at times like uh you you are willing to vote for anybody who changes their lifelong tune on things um to to get an immediate goal and it feels it feels like a hustle um but 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 again if i am going to if i'm going to tell you for an hour that jesus's message is important to me uh and it's one of love and forgiveness and empathy and all these things then then me Doing that on Twitter is is the opposite of that, and and I can't you know I can't be of two minds. I I need to sit those out. I really do, and, yeah. and I'm not. I know you weren't looking for 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 that response from me, but but I think it's important for for me to reflect on if you're going to try to promote this message that is not well received, then don't screw it up an hour later because uh, you've 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 had it up to here with with what you think is a fraudulent, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing sort of thing. Yeah. So, 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 so just, so sit on that. And, you know, again, controlling, uh, controlling your, your, your desire to, to win or to be right or to, uh, to dunk on somebody as it were is, um, is, is, is probably inappropriate for me. And, and, and I, I should be better. Uh, I just, I just, man, I just have so many people in my life that I really, I really want to challenge and many of them have my same last name and, and, and we've gone through a lot together. And now I'm, 
to them, espousing liberal drivel. Uh, I was accused of that by a family member. Uh, well, just well, I think Woke ago. Bob was trending on Twitter, probably. Yeah, and and so you know, I, uh, uh, me and my liberal drill, just because I want to make sure that uh, we consider all things and not just one particular political issue. But anyway, I know I, I really appreciate this conversation. Absolutely, and, Bob. And, I, I really uh, do. Yeah, and, and I, I I hope uh, I hope uh, some people are are touched by it on some level. And please know, in the end, uh, from, to anyone involved, I, I don't I don't even call this politics, man. I just call this life. I just yeah. call this decency and and i don't you know i'm not crazy about uh any of the candidates and i'm not trying to affect anybody else i'm just saying um it's really easy to say wwjd but uh but but uh i I want to i want to try to live it you know i want to try to live the question of how would jesus do this not how would a politician who's going to hold up a bible do this uh but how would jesus actually do this and i i think if if i were to ask that question more often than I would do fewer foolish things. So yeah. that's, that's my challenge to those of us who, who, uh, who believe, believe that to be a, a real story and a real man and uh, you know, a real deity. So anyway, well, Bob, I really great, uh, graciously appreciate you coming on. I know this is absolutely, this is just, uh, I can't imagine I was waiting for that. I've got 20 million different things that I would rather do than, than hop on with you to, but I, I greatly appreciate it, Bob. My and, pleasure, man. Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of blown away that we got to do this this morning. I really appreciate it. So, it is my pleasure. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah. and uh, and uh, let me know, and I'll, I'll push it out to uh, to the audience. Yeah, I appreciate it, Bob. Have a good one. Okay, brother. See ya. See ya. But I know God, the devil wanna put me in a bow tie. Play that the holy water don't go dry, yeah, yeah. As I look around me, so many motherfuckers wanna down me. But they know me gonna never drown me. In front of a dirty double me when they found me. And I love myself. Oh, I want you looking at me. Oh, tell me what do you see? I love myself. I put a bullet in the back of the back of the head and a bullet. I love myself. Oh, illuminated by the hand of God, boy, don't seem shy. Frustration keep Come to the front. Yeah, I duck these cold faces. Post up, feet, five, four, four faces. Dreams are realities, peace. Blow steam in the face of the beast. Sky can fall down, we can cry down. Look at me, motherfucker, I smile. I love myself. Oh, when you're looking at me, oh, tell me what you see. I love myself. I put a bullet in the back of the back of the head and a pull me. I love myself. Oh, I'm All y'all come to the front. Y'all come up to the front. Baby, where are you? Come on. Police, I wear my heart, hold my 
much lead, let the runway start. You know the man's supposed to love company. What do you want from me and my skies? Everybody lack confidence, everybody lack confidence. How many times my potential was anonymous? How many times the city making me promises? So I promise this nigga, I love myself. Oh, uh, I want you looking at me. Yeah. Uh, tell me what you see. Yeah. I love myself. Uh, I put a bullet in the back of the back of the head.